Welcome to Wizards of Oz, where myself, Timothy Rooney, will be interviewing several different people who I've gone to SUNY Oswego with and where I found I find out where they came from, how we became friends, and our favorite Oswego memories. Now, who am I speaking with today? You're speaking to Chris Lewin today. Yay, Chris! <laughs> Now it's funny before we do this podcast because I was almost gonna I was just about to bag it because I was very comfortable on this couch wrapped up in a blanket and yet uh and he's like, Do you wanna do it? And I'm like, Oh then the inner drive in me, I'm just like I don't wanna just let this opportunity go. But now <laughs> once you've mentioned it, so now I kinda of ruined it for you, sorry about that. It's okay. Time to lace up our skates and click our heels because we're going north, Miss Tessmacher, to Wizards of Oz. When and where were you born? Oh, uh, I was born at Winthrop University Hospital, which is in Mineola, Long Island. Mineola. Mineola, right next to the train tracks. I was going to say, is it near the LIRR? It is. You can <laughs> pretty much reach your hand out of a train and touch the hospital. It's that close. Oh, man. Is that how your parents got home with the train? Actually? No, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> they, they don't allow newborns on the trains, luckily. So at least I hope they don't. They shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Common sense would hopefully prevail there. Like, it was the nineties. It was a different time. Yes. Um, and do you reside in Mineola? No, I never actually lived in Mineola. My uh, mother did, but I was born. Uh, I wasn't born in there. I was raised in Smithtown, I guess, after, like, the second day after I was born. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I lived there my entire life besides going to college. Mm. Now, where did you, like, you said you were a Smithtown resident. Did you go to Smithtown High School? Yes, I went to Smithtown High School West. Um, I was in the Smithtown Central School District for K-12. through Went to Smithtown Elementary. I did two years at Smithtown Middle School. Then they closed that, made that Smithtown East. So I w- was transferred to a composite middle school for a year, mm-hmm. and then to Smithtown High School West for four. It's it's funny that you mentioned that. It's because I remember, um, since I was a Sachem High School student, I'm on the border practically of Wisconsin. Well, Sachem School District and the Smithtown School District. If I was a couple blocks over, we probably we would have known each other exactly. Oh joy! <laughs> um, uh, that, but um, I remember when the uh, Samoset was the middle school that was under construction. And I was supposed to go there, but it was not finished yet. So they bust us out to Sagamore, which is pretty much where the East High School students, like the high school students, would go, end up going. And I'm just like, huh? I find that kind of funny now. Now that you mentioned it, like being different middle schools and stuff like that. Now, how did you? And during high school, did you know what you wanted to do for your for the rest of your life? <laughs> um, I think currently the fact that I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life, I guess it would be a no, but I thought I did. Um, I was always very big into being on TV and radio. Mm-hmm. Still deciding whether or not that's the route I want to take in the future. Right. But I think by the time I was 
12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I had the idea of that's what I wanted to do. Okay. And luckily we had um, radio broadcasting classes in high school. They, they cut them now, which is a big shame. Yeah. But um, we had journalism too, so I did that as well for two years. So I did both for two years, which very much helped out. And it was... And that kind of helped guide me on the path to come here. Gotcha. To Oswego. Now, was Oswego your first choice? Yes. I applied to Stony Brook, Plattsburgh, and Oswego. Um, My cousins... Actually, I had a few cousins who went to Plattsburgh, so it just seemed to make sense for me to go there. But uh, one of my cousins brought me on a campus tour and showed me the facilities, and they weren't state-of-the-art, I guess you could say. Okay. He he gave me the heads-up that Oswego was state-of-the-art everything. And I went on tour here a few weeks later. I had gone to Stony Brook's facilities as part of a field trip because they were only about 20 minutes from my high school. Right. And uh, Stony Brook was weird because I applied and never heard back from them, a yes or a no. That's strange. Yeah, most of my graduating class didn't ever find out they claimed that the school didn't send them so one kid who stony brook was his number one school he actually went to their office of admissions and magically they found the piece of paper for him so we think that they just got so many applicants right they didn't want to look at them all that's kind of disheartening it it was but i heard back from plattsburgh i think it was like the first week of january because obviously that christmas time and new year's year Freaking out your senior year of high school, going, yeah. okay, where am I going to get accepted, this and that, what am I going to do? And then I got accepted into Plattsburgh, and I was very excited, and I knew within the next week I'd find out about Oswego, and I remember coming home one day from school and having the big package in the mail, which I was pretty sure was a acceptance. It wasn't as big as a Plattsburgh one. Plattsburgh made it beyond obvious that right. it was an acceptance. But I opened the Oswego one, there were a bunch of papers in it, and it said accepted, so that's when I knew exactly where I wanted to go. That summer, though, you know, you get the feeling it's never been away from home, so you're kind of like, do I want to actually go away? Get nervous from time to time. I was did, thinking about going to... Did you, like, have any, like, uh, did you ever go to summer camp or anything like that? No. Okay, so this would be your first time ever being this... out to... Exactly. This would be my first time besides, like, sleeping over friends' houses. Right. So I, um, so I was like, should I go to community college? What exactly should my plan be? And I went to orientation. Mm-hmm. Got to spend a few nights in the dorms. Got to uh, meet people who I've become friends with throughout my college career. And I decided, I told my dad on the way home, I was like, okay, I could really see myself here now. And less than a month later was moving day. Nice, nice, nice. Now, so unlike a few people that have been on to this podcast before where they were Suffolk students and they transferred to the two-year students, you came here being a full four-year student. I did. Do you remember the classes in your first semester here? (laughs) I remember... Uh, my very first class here. Oh, yeah? I remember the professor looking at us before class starting, going, oh, you guys are brand new. I feel like I'm going to shape everything. I'm <laughs> like, okay. I have so much pressure on me right now. So I remember I remember that. I remember, uh, I remember definitely f- four classes that semester. I know I took... Oh, no, now come to think of it, I had to take Spanish then. 
So yeah, I do remember all five of the classes that I had. Did you ever take Spanish in high school? <laughs> well, I failed in middle school. Oh. So I had to take it again in high school, and I was supposed to get it done with. Right. Because it's supposed to be you take the test, and then it's one year past the test. Mm-hmm. The whatever region test they make you take in high school. Right. And they, um, the high school screwed up my schedule my freshman year and accidentally put me in the advanced class when I was supposed to be in the beginner course. Oh. So they had to cut me from that, so I got an extra lunch period out mm. of it, but then I had to take it up here because I was only able to take the test in high school. Right. Um, it's funny that you mentioned it because I remember, um, because I had, like, learned disability classes and stuff like that during, high, like, through most of my education until high school, but so I was exempt from language. Oh, okay. So I never took any language until I got here, and then I had to take a college-level Spanish course here, and I'm just like, uh, I've never spoken Spanish before. This, other than saying gracias a Donata or El Biblioteca or something <laughs> like that. So that was really interesting on my part, and I ended up getting a C-. That was my last semester here. Yeah, I didn't do too well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I passed. That's why I was just like, whoo. All right. Now, what would you say, like, your first semester... Now, what, 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 I assume that's fall, what year? 2010. Fall 2010. Jeez. What would you say your favorite memory of that is? Of fall 2010? Yeah. Whether it be friends or certain events or just... the fact that you meet so many people. Right. That first semester, um, you meet friends who will last you years upon years. Mm -hmm. Um, you get to meet... Just, I mean, people in your dorm, people in your classes, people in the clubs and organizations you're part of. I got to start broadcasting that semester. With? Uh, the radio station here. They actually didn't even put me on the first game. They, really? They, yeah. I lost out to people. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, one kid really screwed up and they uh, told him he couldn't do it anymore. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how... Screwed up, was it? Like he walked out on a broadcast. Screwed. Oh! So, <laughs> um, uh, so I got to it. take over and didn't look back for broadcasting hockey my entire time here. Mm -hmm. Luckily, that was only like the first week of the season, so I still got to jump on pretty quickly. Yeah, it's on like, it's like halfway through the season, you're like trying to catch up. No, like no, that. I was able to very quickly jump aboard, which was nice, very nice. Uh, they even had an AHL game here between the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and the Syracuse Crunch. Right. So I got to watch that. Dope. But it was... I guess there wasn't any exact favorite moment. It was just that ability to finally you know, be away, feel comfortable being away. I say you get homesick from time to time. Everybody does. Yeah. But to be able to move past that was nice. Now, like you said, like you did orientation and stuff like that. You move in Sunday, most likely, right? No, uh, freshmen moving on Friday. All right, so... Classes start Monday. Friday night. You're in the dorm by yourself. <laughs> and, like, your parents are like, all right, do they stay for the weekend or do they leave on Friday? All right, so my parents, if I remember this correctly, I'm pretty sure I do. My parents stayed that night. Right. But that first night, everybody's there. Everybody's brand new. They had some stuff for the freshmen. And this kid I went to orientation with and I were going to go to a party. But it was like 
twelve forty at night, mm. and we go to get to the bus, and the bus driver's like, "Just so you guys know, everything's like about to close, so you might not want to waste your money." Gotcha. So he gave us that heads up. At least he did that. At he least he did a, that. He could have been a jerk about it and just taking your money, and they're like, "Oop." Exactly. He's like, "You guys are new here, so just so you know." Oh, uh, we uh, we, di- we didn't do that. We didn't head out, so I just went to sleep. And the next day had McDonald's with my parents. Now, were you in Johnson Hall? No. No, I was in Cayuga Hall for four years here. Oh, really? I, I didn't know you were there in all four years. Yeah, all four years I lived there. So, uh, of course, that building has special connections with you. Yeah, it does. It, um, it's where I met most of my friends here. I know. It was where I spent most of my time here. Mm-hmm. Not saying I didn't get out, but just naturally, if you live in a place for four years, you're going to spend a lot of time there. Of course. <laughs> um, From the time that I moved in until I graduated, it was well known that I was the person who had spent the most nights in Cayuga at that time. Because really? somebody else had lived there for four years, but... Since I became an RA later on, I had to stay there for breaks and everything. Like gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Winter break and some part of summer. So I spent a lot of time in that building. What would you say your biggest disappointment of the first semester? Either in the classes-wise or something you didn't take the opportunity of? Didn't take the opportunity. I think I was more disappointed in myself that I didn't get the call to do the broadcast immediately off the bat. Right. Um, I think that it was like a audition. I really, I screwed that up. Gotcha. I, I overthought it to think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some people who um, I thought, I uh, sound like a dick when you say this. That's okay. But uh, weren't <laughs> as qualified for it, got it. And you felt like you, that you were. Well, it was a hockey broadcast, and some people had never watched a hockey game when we were on it. Oh, so, well, well, well. And I had spent like 10 years of my life watching it, so. Uh, but, all right, I, I can understand your feeling of, I don't want to say ownership, but a certain ability confidence. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to the point of being a dick or anything like that, but you just had confidence in still doing it. I had confidence that I knew I could talk about the sport. Mm-hmm. But so that was the, like week of the exhibition in the first games where I wasn't broadcasting. I was pretty down on myself about it. And then it um and then once everything came together it was much better. But yeah, that'd be the biggest disappointment right for um my first semester. Now you come back spring of twenty eleven. Yes. What are your big classes that you have for that semester? Oh <laughs> do I even remember them? That's the tough part. I remember I had an English class. I had to take right. I had some. I had met some of my friends in that class. I really don't remember the other classes. I had to look them up. Well, it's funny because I've noticed that like people remember the classes from their first semester because mm-hmm. it's your first, semester. your second semester. However, it's like, all right, you've done this before, and I don't know if it's. Um, is there at least for me anyway? Like first semester, I think I was like a three point three. Second semester, I think I was a two nine eight, and I had fallen off grades wise. Was that the same with you for your second semester? <laughs> uh, I think that was with me for my four years here. Oh zing! Yeah, so my grades were never good, to right? Say the least, which made it interesting when applying for graduate school. But um, 
Yeah, I saw a fall off my sophomore year, and I hit the slump. Right. Definitely hit the slump, and then I got it back later on, but... Um, like, a lot of things with the spring semester, like I was saying, of 2011, um, Bridge Street Run occurs in spring, and that's the last day of classes, and it's a massive ball, bar crawl from top of Main Street down to the shed, which is the last bar before the campus. <laughs> Did you participate in it? Well, first off, there was no shed. What? <laughs> wow. My first year here, it was called... It was being renovated from the woodshed to the shed. Right. But it was closed. <sighs> there was no place called the shed. Dark times, indeed. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> uh, no. No, I didn't participate till my senior year. Really? Really. Why is that? I wasn't of age. <laughs> uh, well, well people... I know many people who are and still participate, but I was not one of them, actually. I did not do it till the last day of my classes, my senior year. Huh. Odd to think of it. Actually, I guess the day after, because I didn't have Friday classes that year. Right. Um, so, much like the first semester, what do you think, like you say, your biggest achievements in that semester, along with disappointments? <sighs> now, now we're into the semester that I can't remember. Yep. Um, what did I really achieve? I, what did I even do? Did I breathe? Did I? <laughs> I, I assume you did because you're here now. I, and I got to this fall of the next semester. So somehow. Like, somehow. Um, now I can't really think of... That's, that semester is such a blur nowadays. <laughs> it's such a blur, it's, man. It's weird. Um, I think it was an odd time socially. I had some friends who I met my first semester who transferred away. Right. So it was weird because that was my first experience of like, oh, I just met all these people. Oh, and now they're gone. Right. So it was really, it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, I guess socially you could call it an off semester. Okay. Where I, obviously I was still social, but I was just not having the same like groove that I had the first semester. Mm-hmm. So it was... Um, was an odd time. Odd time. Odd times. Now, your freshman year is done. Yes. You come back in the fall of 2011. Yep. Which also seems so long ago. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm not up here yet or anything like that. When did you, before we go any further, when did you become an RA? That would be fall of 2012. Okay. My junior year. All right, then. So, fall of 2011, classes... Sophomore year. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is tough. Oh, I, I, I asked the tough questions. I remember I had a history class. Mm-hmm. Was that in the fall? Well, now, now thinking back, I remember one of my history classes from the spring of that, <laughs> 2011. But, uh, no, I, I had a history class with uh, one of the professors... Uh, was it Roddy? No, it was Coates. Coates, Coates, Coates. Why am I... He retired or left, I think. Was he a young guy? No, he was a retired police officer. Oh, okay. Like but, um... Dude, was, he, was kind of, he was a nice guy, but he was an odd guy. How so? He thought everybody was cheating. Like, he assumed everybody was cheating. Was he wrong? Yes, he was very wrong. Oh. Um... 
Like he would, I had it one time where he gave me a piece of paper about some sort of American government compromise, and he gave me, I think it was the wrong year on it. So when I Googled the compromise of whatever year it was, there was one. So I wrote an entire paper on it. Oh, jeez. And he's like, well, why'd you write the paper on the wrong thing, this and that? And I was like, oh, my goodness. Thought I was cheating. I had 12 side sources in it. Did he apologize to give me the wrong no, year? No, absolutely not. Oh, what a jerk. No. I don't even think he ever realized he gave me the wrong year. He maybe rewrite the entire thing, though. That was fun. That sounds like fun. Fun times. No wonder your grades fell off in the sophomore year because of things like that. Now... You were still at WNYO, the radio station at this time, right? Yep, I was there through my junior year. Now, had like as most colleges, especially with this one, like things are always changing. Things are always hopefully getting better, mm-hmm. whether it becomes technology-wise or opportunity-wise. Was that the case at NYO? Yeah, they uh, between my freshman and sophomore year moved to the thing called ENCO, which isn't the greatest thing on the face of the earth. It mm-hmm. could be a real pain in the patoot. But it um, it was better than Simeon, which they had at the time, which Simeon was... Ape-like? Excuse me? Was it ape-like? It was crap. It, was <laughs> it um, There was no reason to use it ever. It wouldn't work. Um, it wasn't user-friendly. Like, Enco was very user-friendly. Right. But sometimes it still wouldn't work. But Simeon was just a pain in everyone, but... So, yes, it did. They did upgrade. Right. Now, what you're saying, you're doing the broadcasts. Yeah. Did you have a radio show at the same time? I actually had two at that time. And what were they? One was Hockey Talk. You don't say. (laughs) No. (laughs) And the other one was the show I had for all four years called The Laker Zone. The Laker Zone. And what did that pertain? That was talking... Okay. So, it was supposed to just talk about Oswego Sports, but we kind of got off topic here and there. Who, and you say we, who are your co-hosts? Uh, my friend Humberto was my co-host for the first two years. Mm-hmm. Then Humberto left for a semester my junior year, so my friend Mike came on. Right. And then from second semester junior year on, it was Mike, Humberto, and myself. Gotcha. And what were your experiences like with that as the four years rolled on? It was fun. Um, we could have done more to make it better. How so? We could have put effort in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a... Um, no, we put it in on effort, and we looked up stuff, this and that. It was more of a banter show. Rather than a structure or anything. More than a structure show. And I, it was just a place for us to let loose, <laughs> have fun, mm-hmm. have a good time, and talk about the stuff we wanted to talk about. Right. Uh, we could have had some more interviews. My freshman year, we were able to get a few. Mm-hmm. Um, sophomore year here and there, but afterwards it would get tougher and tougher to find people who wanted to do interviews at noon on a Saturday. Right. So, what would you say you achieved in your first sophomore? First sophomore semester? Um... First sophomore semester, what did I achieve? <laughs> what do you think like most proud of or happy about? What was like your happiest moment that during then? Hmm. 
You're asking the real thinker questions here. Well, <laughs> I mean, um, that's the point of an interview. No, it obviously is. it is. And I'm, I'm trying to think back. It's, it's tough. Well, because I know the most important two years were when I'm around. But, I, uh, oh, but, so, but I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt of your pre-Cambian pre times being here at Oz. I think... See, that was also an odd semester. Just uh, socially? Socially, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those semesters where, like, we had a big friend group, and it was pretty cool. Right. We all um, we all purposely moved in on the same floor together. Right. In the same hallway so we could hang out because we didn't get a suite. Gotcha. So instead, we decided to all just move to the same floor and then pretty much acted like a suite. Mm-hmm. But one of our one of the people in the group, we all kind of started to turn away from. So it was really starting to pick who you actually wanted to hang out with and who you didn't want to. So why were you turning away from this said person? They just they got odd. They went through a breakup and kind of blamed it on everybody else around them, and not themselves. Not themselves. Kind of like people who weren't even involved or even knew the person. Was the person didn't even go here? Was from his high school. And was this person really vindictive about the... He was very... He was just... He kind of went off the walls a little bit of, like, just being rude to people. and it, it, He was a different person than he was right. beforehand. And it was a shame, because we were all really close, and then things switched in an instant, it felt like. Right. Well, those kind of events happen. I mean, like, there were certain friends I had through elementary school and up until high school I thought we'd still be friends, but then high school happens and then things kind of change and such. Like, a friend of mine, like, like we were best friends up until, like, high school. And we were still friends, and like that, we just didn't see each other as often. Like, yeah. you got a girlfriend early on and such, and I did not. And it was just ran in different circles, but we've since gotten back together and become clo- close as ever. So it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, you think... This can't, nothing could ever happen to it, yet some variables change, even ever so slightly, and the whole dynamic. Stuff that you can't expect changes. Yeah. Now, spring, spring of, uh... 2012? Yeah. (laughs) When I come up. Oh, there you are. Justin. Yep, and Lee. And Lee. But I did not live in Cayuga. Yet, I pretty much could have been, because I was there all the time. Yeah. Um, now, were you always in the same room up until this point? No, I had moved around. Um, I lived on the second floor my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year, I lived on two room, in two rooms on the uh, third floor. I right. I switched rooms at one point. Gotcha. <coughs> and... Uh, so, yeah, by the spring, I was living still on the third floor, but in a different building, or a different uh, floor. Mm-hmm. So I had not been living in the same room. All right. Now, as you're saying, fall 2012, favorite classes? It was spring 2012? Spring 2012. My, my apologies. No, that's fine. Um, spring 2012. Spring 2012 was... Second semester, sophomore year. See? Uh, what classes did I have? 
I should have like looked up all these before. I, I know I should have prefaced it like <laughs> that, but no, I it's apologize. Fine. It's fine. Um, what did I have? I know that was a semester where I was busy applying for like the RA position. I was going to say like. How did that come about? What made you decide to do that in the first place? Um, a few of my family members had um, mm-hmm. done it in the past, so I knew about it through them. Uh, the kid I was, uh, one of the kids I was friends with, who I met in orientation, was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still friends with him at the time. Right. He lost a lot of friends after that. Was not a nice person. Ah. Kind of sort of different than the one before. The one before just went through a bad phase. Right. This one was just a bad person. Flat out. And, but, uh, right. What were you going to say? Is that like the one you went through the phase, have you rekindled that said friendship? Um, Not to the same level as before, but everybody's more of like, okay, we understood what happened. Right. So it's not like a grudge thing. Gotcha. At all. But this bad person. This, be- this kid is just, he's... He's very close-minded, I guess you could say, to the world around him. Okay. And he bothers a lot of people. Right. So, that probably won't ever... Now... Well, do you, disagreements. Do you remember the first time we met? You and I? Yes. I don't even think I remember the first time anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, it's weird. You and I, we didn't have like a focal like moment that we met. No, we I, met more because I would see you around the building. Yes, a lot more. and yours is the funny thing. I did, I thought you didn't like me at first. <laughs> Why do you think that? I don't know because I feel like cause was this before I was an RA even? I, it had to have been when I was an RA. I, I think I saw you around the building, but I don't think we really had a conversation until after you were an RA. Yeah. But since I was friends with Lee and Justin, and Justin lived in Cayuga his entire tenure here. Yeah. And I was always over because because like those were like the only like Suffolk friends I knew at the time that were up here before I made Oswego friends, yourself included. But it's like you guys, you would talk to Justin and Lee and stuff like that, and I'd just be like, oh. yeah, it was, it was awkward. I will say, like, I that, was bad that's at that. partially but, my fault no, because I'm quiet when I meet new people. Yeah, no, I think a lot of the times, um, like when I see people's friends in the room, I kind of like I'll say hi, mm-hmm. like you said. But it's just, like, I'm not, I really don't know them, so usually if the resident introduces me, right, that'll happen, so I don't think we ever got an actual, like, formal introduction. Right. So it's kind of just like, oh, and that's their friend, hey, how are you doing? Right. This and that, so, trust me, I didn't dislike you in any way, shape, or form. Okay, it is now, I I can, I guess I can edit that journal entry now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Your sophomore year comes to an end. Before that happens, do you know you're going to be an RA the following semester? Yes. How did how did you find out about that? <sighs> um, well, I applied in January. Mm-hmm. Went through all the steps, this and that. Um, how long does that take? It takes a while. You find out in April. So it takes a few months. I mean, the actual... The, the application took a few hours. Okay. Then the, uh, the interview is about you know, a 20, 30-minute thing. And then you have to do a team building interview. Uh-huh. It's like a group thing. Yeah. Uh, where they put make you do different like events and stuff. So that, and all in all, it took a day, like a full day mm-hmm. to do. But then you find out over the course of a few months. Right. Um, 
luckily they do a thing where it's kind of like a draft where all the hall directors get together and pick right who they want and the uh, the hall director of Kiyuga at the time informed me that she was going to be picking me if I was available mm-hmm. so that gave me the heads up that um, I knew Kiyuga wanted me but if they didn't get me, I was definitely going to another building. Like, I was definitely going to be... Did you have any other somewhere. buildings in mind besides Cayuga? Um, anyone that would hire me. Okay, so you're not picky? I wasn't really that... I, I probably... At the time, I was... I would have gone anywhere, but I really wanted to stay in Cayuga. Of course, because you've spent two years at that point I spent in two there. two years there. All my friends had applied to live there again, like, to BRAs there. So I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing, mm-hmm. isn't that? So to get that chance to do that um, was what I wanted. So I guess I was picky in that sense, but right. I wasn't going to deny the job if it was anywhere else. So, like, say, Moreland, or, like, uh, what's the one that's up next to Moreland? Lonus. Lonus. Like, if you got a, like the offers from there instead of Cayuga, would you still have taken it? Yeah. Okay. So would have taken it. Despite the fact that it's the complete opposite end of the campus. Yeah, it would have been a pain to get to the classes, but I still would have taken it. Okay. So, end of spring 2012, you now know you're going to be an RA. Yep. Do you prepare over the summer how to be an RA, or...? Um, uh, early August. Um, that was the summer where I was like, okay, I just want to get back to school. So that summer... Right. Dragged on. I remember it was August 12th, 2012. Mm-hmm. I was moving back in. I remember that because the entire summer I was like, okay, this is long until August 12th. <laughs> Just dragging on and on. You may be like one, like, uh, not few people, but at least people know that want to go back to school during the summer. Mm-hmm. Which I do understand because, like, when you're in high school and stuff like that, you don't want to do that. But if you're away at college, it's one of those things, like, I get to see my friends every day. My entire social circle was pretty... Well, like, obviously, I had friends back home still. Right. But my social circle was up here. Mm-hmm. So, being down home was just putting everything on pause. Gotcha. And obviously, if I came back up here during the summer, nobody would be here, so it wouldn't help anything. But that's why you just wait and wait and wait for stuff to happen and to um, get going for the year. Mm-hmm. But I moved up on the 12th of August and then we started doing training so that's how that's pretty much where the preparation came in right um I think now over the summer I can get more ideas of what I want to do okay but a lot of this job is you prepare during like the training times right and how are those training times like <laughs> tiring <laughs> uh, for some, some like some people who have never gone away to school what does an actual RA do uh, we are on the floors. On we, the floor. On the floors. Mm-hmm. We live on the floors uh, with all the other residents. We're there kind of as a go-to person if you need help with anything. Uh, we do policy enforcement. We put on programs throughout the building to get people involved. What? Sorry. It's okay. Respond to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, we do have the the Eagles Jets game on in the background on mute. Yeah, well, cut, sorry, you can cut that. Oh no, that's staying. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. So stupid play. Sorry, yeah, I it's, it, yeah. But um, yeah. So we do policy enforcement. We um, 
Sorry, it was, it was such a bad play. It was such a bad play. Oh, jeez. Um, he threw it to the other team. Um, so they we did policy enforcement, mm-hmm. programming, community events. Just made sure people were out of their rooms, actually active, enjoying their time at college. And not just gatekeepers, that's how people view you. Oh, that's like the least of what we do. Yeah. Is the gatekeeper. Like what people think we are. Yeah. I am the key master. Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> yeah, people people view us for like the tough parts of our job. Like, oh, they're the one trying people up. It's like, no, we, we actually... That is far from our favorite part of the job. Right. So. Um, so, day one of school... Uh, move-in day occurs. <laughs> You're pretty much your first real official day as an RA. How do you handle it? Well, I had a floor meeting. Okay. And then uh, my friend and I were sitting in the room, and people were... They weren't being obnoxiously loud, but it was... Obviously, the floor had been dead silence for two weeks, and then there were people there, so it's a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you sit in, sit in the room like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? There are actually people here. Right. It's like they train you how to deal with everybody, and then when you actually have to do it, it's something completely different. Right. So... I think uh, that first day it was more getting to meet people, seeing people, <laughs> but then kind of realizing that, oh, this is what the job actually entails, is getting to see everybody. Right. So, it's tough. So... You have that first realization. I was just say, fall 2012, classes now being balanced with your activities, being an NYO and an RA, what classes do you take and... How were they affected? Uh, I took some broadcast performance classes. Mm-hmm. Um, some more history classes. I, um, you know, balancing them out um, it was pretty easy, I thought. I had one night class, a performance class. Right. So that was, like, I had to make sure I wasn't planning stuff for the RA job on Monday nights. Uh, besides that, just making sure that um, everything was you know, in line, but there was really no um, in line or online. <laughs> there was really no difficulty. There was obviously an adjustment period, but there's no real struggle with it. Okay. Because while the RA job does demand a lot from you, and um, yeah, it commands a lot from you. It means that you have to set aside time from some social activities. Yes. Um, they still put your class schedule as above the job, so... Of course, they're not, they're not going <clears> to <throat> demand more than you can give. Exactly, exactly. So it was, it was a nice adjustment, to say the least. So, when do you start getting the inkling to leave NYO and come to T.O.P.? Uh, that would be the spring. Okay, well, we'll get to there in yeah. a second. So, so um, now, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like as you may have heard, like a little bit, like of like a little bit of shaking the microphone is because we are in Chris's apartment in Hart Hall, and he has his legs sprawled out across the table, and I it's like, like he's like, I know, no, 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 no. <laughs> like it's okay. I'm just it's like, and just I'm like, I'm like. Don't stay still. God, don't. 
<laughs> so shaking I, the table. I'm just like shaking the tables. Uh, so I do about I do apologize to that sound. So I should apologize. Well, yes, but I, I'm the host, and I should have like told you earlier. <laughs> That's my poor execution of that. And how dare you? How dare you, sir? Being comfortable in your own place, yeah, right? Don't monster in <laughs> Um. So. One thing that I, I kind of like noticed is there's a certain mentality different in the fall semester when it comes to the spring semester. Everybody seems to be starting fresh. Everybody seems to be starting out on a good foot. Do you think that's the case when it comes to this fall semester versus spring semester? See, I, I always like the spring semester more because I'm more of a groove. Okay. Um, fall semester takes a little while to get into the groove. Right. When I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I see that around campus. More people were excited to start the fall semester than the spring. Mm-hmm. I think around here it has to do with the snow, too. There's a lot more of it in the spring yeah. semester than the fall, so people seem to like the fall more. Right. And what, what's it like, for people who don't know, since it's a college town, what's it like during Halloween in a college town like this? Um, from a student's perspective and then an RA's perspective? A student's perspective, it depends what day of the week it lies on. Mm-hmm. Um, depends what people are doing. There are a lot of parties around, costume parties, you'll see people dressed up. Mm-hmm. Um, from an RA perspective, you know, I never really had too many issues on Halloween. Okay. I can't even remember having a issue, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It just, it's one of those things where we prepare for a little bit more, like we expect stuff to happen. Right. Just because people are out in a much larger um, amount than usual. Mm-hmm. So we have to be prepared for that, but overall, not many, um, not many more issues. Oh, okay, because I know it's like one of those things that um, when... Halloween comes around, everybody seems to be getting excited for everything, or like, like, oh, it's like, of course, kind of like costumes let their hair down as Chris blows his nose, uh, that Halloween's a really big celebration before, and it's kind of like almost, it's almost like a bookmark for halfway through the semester, because then you have, then you, or like a little bit over half the semester, because then you got Thanksgiving a little bit over a month, and then the, then the semester is over, um... Biggest achievements in, in fall. fall 2012, your first semester as an RA. I think it was the job itself was getting to be in the position, mm-hmm. getting to uh, learn about the position, handling all the responsibilities, um, handling just learning how to handle incidents as they occur, mm-hmm. and um, kind of what we talked about earlier finding that divide between managing schoolwork and managing the position. Right. Um, now, Chris, the GRM of Hart Hall in 2015, if you can go back in time and talk to Chris, the RA of Cayuga in 2012, what would he say? <laughs> um, I would say don't be afraid to call other people for incidents. Okay. I had um, I had friends who had lived in the building beforehand. Right. So whenever they would encounter something, instead of calling the person who was working that night, they would call me. Right. So I had a lot more incidents than everybody else in the building because I would be the one responding to all of those calls. Okay. Um, did ever be, did that ever become an issue? 
Uh, the amount of paperwork I was filing, it did. <laughs> I was spending a lot of time. So I finally told my boss about about it, and he told me, he said, in the future, tell them to call the person who's working then. Right. Because it wasn't my responsibility to have to deal with every single incident in the building. He said, obviously, don't ignore stuff if you have to deal with it, but yeah, if it's minor stuff where the other person can come in, definitely bring them in. So that's what I would do, because now that I don't have that anymore, I see my number of incidents falling dramatically. Mm-hmm. Now, it shows that they had confidence and trust in you to call you and stuff like that, but also it's like one of those things, it's like... Not boy cried wolf. There's more laziness on their part. Right. They didn't want to find out who to actually call. Yeah. Um, So, were the time management there, did that lead to any, like, disappointments for that semester? Uh, Actually, I did pretty good that semester, if I remember. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was one of my better semesters up there. Huh. Yeah, ironically, right? You think you figured we'd drop off. No, it was actually it was a pretty high semester, um, maybe because I had an athletic coaching class. Right. Uh, two of them. Mm. No, I had one in the. F- well, I did have one in the fall or the spring the year before, but um, yeah, I had another one in the fall, and mm. I did really good in that class and some other classes too. So. Gotcha. Academic wise, that semester was a very good semester. I don't think we ever took a class together, did we? No? I don't think so. We okay. did not actually come to think of it. Yeah, we were thinking that we'd be broadcasters at some point. We would just stumble across each other that way. I was that, disappointed every first day of class. Oh. Um, so that semester ends, and spring of 2013 begins. What are your classes like? Um, I had a creative writing class. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... Some other classes, obviously. <laughs> oh, I had my media law class then. With? At Professor Zenner. And I, how was that like? I liked it. It was interesting. He wasn't... I had heard that some professors on the campus were um, very tough with it and had very um, stern interpretations of the law. This is the thing with law classes. It depends on who you're taking it with because of their interpretation of the law. Right. Uh, Professor Zenner made it, I think, easier for us to interpret it. I had friends who took the other class. With Denny? I wasn't going to name names, but... <laughs> well, I don't think he works here anymore, does he? Uh, I'm not sure, actually, I'm to think of it. Because yeah, uh, like some people say he does broad, uh, business law or not here at all, I'm not too sure. So he's even more law school-ish he should be. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I feel we took his class and people took me, um, Zenner's class. And the people who took Zenner's class got just as much, if not more, info out of that class than the Denny class because the Denny class people were trying to cram in so much information yeah. that their brain just couldn't really handle it, so they would forget all of it. Because I, because I took Denny, and I remember there was like a five-hour study study session between Larry, Larry Bergen and I that we just sat in the library and just... The library cafe and just went over all the material and stuff like that, and we barely passed that test, if that, because we end up like, luckily for the third, the final was the three first three tests combined, pretty much like the best, like a compilation of, so that's why we were able to pass class, and it's like one of those things that everybody tried to get Zenner's class because of it, because not to think he's an easier teacher, I just feel like maybe he had a better way of executing the material for students. 
Yeah, that's what I took out of this class. It was an easier execution of it. More down to earth. Gotcha. More not, down too, to earth. not lofty? Not lofty at all. No, uh, you didn't feel like you were walking into a master program of law or you getting your law degree. You felt like you were taking a class about media law. Right. Which I wish I had. <laughs> um, now, you said that like you were starting to make the transition from WNYO to WTOP. What, what was the germ for that that spread <laughs> into that decision? <laughs> Ask anybody in the broadcasting field here and they'll be able to tell you. Uh, well, I, they're not here. I'm asking you. You're asking me. You know damn well why. <laughs> the audience doesn't. And I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not the one who's right to tell that story. That is true. I, um... I had, um, for my first three years here, I had been told by the station, come my senior year, I'd be head of the sports department. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been preparing for years. Um, even that spring semester, I started traveling to games and learning about how to do even the budgeting forms for food for the next year. Right. Like, every little thing, every little detail, I was learning of how to run the department. Okay. Um, I had put a lot of time and energy into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had put hours upon hours upon hours into it. I had multiple shows so I could learn about different things. Um, <clears throat> it was just a lot of prep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of different times that I have been promised a position from people inside. Um, even that spring at the interest meeting, I was introduced as the next sports director of NYO. Right. Um, at the sports meeting. So they said, yeah, there's Chris, he'll be next year. He'll be the one running all this stuff in the meeting. Right. So get to know him. And then when it came time for elections... I didn't get it. And what was the explanation why? Oh, that's my favorite phone call in Osirigo. <laughs> um, the explanation as to why was that um, they didn't know how my RA job would play into it. Right. Um, my issue with that was during my interview. Mm-hmm. They had asked me four specific questions about... It was a two-part interview, actually, because I couldn't decide after the first interview. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked me four questions about the position, about the RA job and how it would affect it. Right. Um, I answered the questions to the best of my ability. Uh, the people interviewing me said, oh, that's a great answer. And I said, if you guys have any more questions, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Because I can answer them. And I don't... And I even said... I don't want to lose this position if you got, just because you guys are afraid that I won't be able to do it. If you have questions about that, let me know. Right. And they explained to me that one of the reasons they didn't get it is because they weren't sure how it would play into it. And I said, why didn't you ask me any more questions on it? Um, so that was one of the reasons. Um, there were some bizarre reasons. Uh, one of them was we wanted you to enjoy your senior year. I said... <laughs> Well, that that's nice of you and all, but I specifically said the way I was I wanted to enjoy it was by doing this position. Right. Um, so I, I felt like they were trying to push any negative feelings they had about the decision off of them. Right. Um, 
So yeah, that, that, that was annoying, to say the least. Now, so you go from a red coat to the Revolutionary Freedom Fighters. Um, was there an immediate difference in how the those two stations were run? Oh, yeah. Such as? Um, I think there was more structure at TOP. Mm-hmm. There was more opportunity to do stuff. Um, the main reason why I switched was the way I was running going to run the station at NYO... For years, it had been, oh, if you get a position on day one of, like, hockey broadcast, to use as an example, mm-hmm. you have that for the rest of the year. Right. Like, if you're a color commentator game one, you're a color commentator every game. Yeah. And I said, I think this is a learning environment, so it should be multiple people learning how to do this stuff throughout the year. Right. They didn't see eye to eye on that. So, nowadays, I will say, the person they elected this year... Does see eye to eye on that. I'm very happy to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very happy with the way that uh, department is going. Uh, but I talked to Dan and Matt. Matt is the GM, GM elect of the station. Dan was sports director elect of the station. You mean Dan I and Matt Bishop? Exactly. So I talked to them and I asked them how it was going to be run. And they said it was going to be run the way I wanted it mm-hmm. when it came to... Um, everybody getting to do multiple roles. Obviously, seniority plays if you've been doing stuff well for years. Right. But it did work out where multiple people would get different roles. And I understood sometimes that would mean I wouldn't get the role I wanted, but that's the way it is to play fair. Right. Um, so that was the only... I think that was the big... Uh, reason that made the decision to switch over so easy right, was because everything I wanted to do, I wanted to learn more, I wanted to be able to do more and do different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, NYO couldn't... I, I had done everything except run the department, so right. if I couldn't run the department, there was no real reason to stay anymore because I wouldn't be learning anything else. Right. But TOP, I'd be learning something new every day. Now, like you said, like you had a radio show for four years. Yeah. How was that, the, like, once you decided to pretty much to go to TOP after leaving as, like, that kind of broadcast from NYO? What was that, like, the first show or the first time walking in the, those, the NYO offices? It was, that's a good question. It was awkward. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Because um, I had so much, not disdain, but more um, disappointment of the way it went, anger, that I felt that. I couldn't have done anything differently that I thought the reason I think of the job was misconceptions they had about me mm-hmm. or my positions. Uh, so there's some anger involved. So when I walked into there again, it's like kind of the emotions ran back fast. But then I looked around at the studio and the people working me, with me weren't the ones who denied me. It was Humberto and Mike. Right. Who had been my friends and stood by me the entire time. So that right. made it easy. Um I had some issues that semester where my show was canceled a few times for broadcasts, and we were never involved or never informed. What? What? Where? What were the grounds for that? Uh, what do you mean? Like, what? Why did they cancel your show a few times during the semester? There was uh, some volleyball games that they wanted to cover, but oh. usually you get a big email saying, "Okay, there's volleyball this week." Right. Um, 
And it wasn't like we could just look at the volleyball schedule because they didn't broadcast every volleyball game, so it wasn't like, oh, there's a game this week, it must be broadcast. Right. We'd have to find out from them if it was being broadcast. And there was one time where we found out on a Friday night, and like I said, my show was Saturday afternoon early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a disappointment. There was a few times, or multiple times, I think, too, where we actually walked all the way to the studio just to see the sign on the door or people inside. <laughs> and there was a broadcast, so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way just because the communication wasn't there anymore. Now, would that <coughs> failure of communication, was that result of the person who actually took your position at NYO? Do you, or do you just like to jokingly refer to that that's because of his position, whether it be true or not? Uh, I like to usually just say no comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he's going to care or even listen to this. I know. Um, we're getting better, though. I talked this past weekend, though, and it's good. And I feel bad, because I don't like holding grudges or anything. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was on him. Oh, okay. So yeah, I just wanted to be sure about that. that. Now, so, like I said, with T.O.P., what's your, like, your favorite moment that first semester with T.O.P. there? Um, it was the chance to do brand new stuff. Work behind the scenes, uh, work on air, um... In the TV role. Mm-hmm. Uh, my years at NYO, I always loved um, production elements. I loved the way they played into a broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-production, fun sound bites. And I wanted it to be as nice as possible. But obviously without the visual, I wouldn't be able to do most of the stuff I wanted. Right. So moving to T.O.P. and to have it actually become something that was easily attainable was amazing for me mm-hmm. it was something that I wanted for years and that it was finally at my grasp and that department uh, we brought or so many people came in from the Suffolk program mm-hmm. from different areas around the state new people freshmen that just getting to meet everybody and work with them was such a blast and such a joy and having just that ability to finally do the production stuff and see it become a reality mm-hmm. was it was overwhelming of how happy it made me to see all of that mm-hmm. so that's fall I mean spring of 2013 comes to an end mm-hmm. you're going into your senior year yep trepidation or apprehension that of the of your impending graduation ah <sighs> Yeah. I mean, you you know that's covered. Yeah. You know what's going to happen at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, though. Um, because you really don't want to think about it. No, of course not. You don't want to think about the reality that everybody who you've spent, especially when you live in the same building for years, mm-hmm. you're so used to walking out your door. This is why I never wanted to live off campus, because I enjoy the ability to open my door and see all my friends. Mm-hmm. So there was um, there was that. I, I thought I would never be able to get again. There was the ability uh, to be on a campus where I could be on TV and radio all the time. Um, opportunities like that don't come all the time. No. And I just really enjoyed my time up here. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
there were a lot of trepidations about the the year starting because I knew this, as quickly as it started, that would mean it was more the beginning of the end. Yep, just like that. Exactly. So it kind of played as like when shows have their final season. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just... While it's fun, you try and go out with a bang. At the end of the day, you do know that all it's leading to is the end of a good thing. So yeah, I feel like leaving college. The best, like the best. TV compare like you're saying TV comparison. I think it was the end of Friends. That's what I was going to say. The end of Friends. When like the last shot is them looking at the apartment. They close and lock the door, and then it just it surveys the the now fam- the famous apartment now empty, lights off, and then if it, if it dissolves to black, and, and it's, it's true because like, we also have to we had to empty our rooms too. So our, yeah. our last sight of them is the room that was decorated as we remember it, mm-hmm. now barren. So good word to use right there, barren. Thank you. I like that. Um, so you're saying fall twenty of uh, twenty thirteen. That was the TOP when I started with TOP. Mm-hmm. I got to do all the production stuff. Right, and classes wise, classes wise, they weren't that bad. I had another creative writing class. Um, Why do you keep taking those? What like what? what I like took you... two of them. Okay, um, they were fun. Uh, one I had to take as an elective, so I took it. Mm-hmm. And then I enjoyed it, so I decided to take the other one. I like the first one more. Okay. There's more discussion. Um, I'm not a big writer. Okay. But I liked... It was just a fun... It was a fun class. The professor was really nice and really down-to-earth, and it was somebody who you wanted to go to her class. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Um, the other semester, professor was a little tougher... But at the same time, not a bad professor in any way, shape, or form. It was mm. just a different layout for the class. It was more of a lecture class. Gotcha. So it plays differently, but I still enjoyed it. So I, I took it because they were just nice, fun classes to take. They were good classes to take, too. Because no matter what, you're going to need to write something. So it was good to um, learn about that. Now, with TOP... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's when you started doing the programming for all the... I did uh, traffic, which was... Um, I was traffic director, which means I program all the breaks mm-hmm. and work with uh, sales to make sure the proper things are playing. Sale. So. <laughs> um, around that time, that's when like I started making Jerry the Mildly Annoyed Vampire for oh, WTOP. Yeah, right. And yeah. I remember that when he's saying traffic and making all the breaks that we broadcast in seven twenty, at least at the time I don't know if we, um, <laughs> and when we had to make a uh, thirty second spot for the show, Tom Lachlan, my editor, exported a ten eighty ver ten eighty P version of it and when we delivered it it would screw with the rest of the... You broke everything. <laughs> Do you know what the one thing is? Like, if it was that much of an issue, I could have had Tom remake it, but it, was never, it never seemed to be that much of an issue to anybody that it were warranted. Like, Well, the the main issue was is it took us so long into the year to realize what exactly it was. Mm-hmm. Then when we realized, we're like, wait a second. Every single time there's an issue, it's when a break for Jerry the Mildly Annoying Vampire plays... So that's when they looked into it and saw there was a 1080 version. I'm like, oh, crap. That's not <laughs> supposed to be like that. Um, that's also one of the most fun but also odd times is making that show. Well, uh, it seemed like it was fun to make. Though. Oh, yeah. And because everybody seemed to enjoy it. 
and it definitely seemed different from the rest of the original productions whether it not be what was it uh, what was that the Zonies Zonies project where it's just people in front of a webcam eating different types of Zonies with some production involved that, that was a good college TV show yeah that was definitely a college TV show I, I mean I, and what would you say your favorite ads or, or promos that were on the, the TOP <laughs> database that would play often. Well, it was funny. We, uh, I did trivia last week, and uh, I, I was new to the team, and they already had the name, Give a Hoot, Don't Pollute. <laughs> so Woodsy Owl was, uh, played him a lot. There's a South Park episode during my college time about him. Right. So that was fun. Um, they had the two girls who would sing the promo for our channel. Which nobody knows who they are anymore. No, we, we found them. Oh? Yep. Who are they? They gradu- I forget their names, but they graduated in like 08 only. Really? Yeah. It wasn't that old. It was from 2008. Still, I'm saying like it's almost 10 years and they're still, that promo is still on Seven. Empty. Seven. <laughs> it's, it sounds nicer when you're round out I there. know, but then you make me feel older because it's only two years before I got here. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then you have the ghost child that was chroma keyed in. Uh, it was like it was uh, it was like the Boy Scouts or something like that in front in front of the top table, and one kid that was really disruptive, and so they filmed his stuff by himself and they chroma keyed him in. And he's in the center. That's why he looks odd because of it. Wow, I never even noticed that. No, you never noticed that. No. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? No. I know which promo you're talking about. Uh, yeah, apparently so, that the kid was a lot of problems, but they still want to include him, so that's why he's got a weird outline around him, and he doesn't seem part of the background. Oh, I'm going to have to uh, look back on that. Do it. <laughs> uh, See, you learn something new every day. Yeah, and then... And I say that every day. So. I learn it. Stupid Dan, his stupid football, and his stupid... Yeah, I <laughs> Playing fields that made some amazing ones. They went awards off of it. Yeah, I know. I so I had no problem playing their promos all the time because they knew what they were doing. I had some shows who would make promos and the promos wouldn't be... like They would either have calls to action, which they weren't supposed to have. They'd forget to say what time the show aired. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I couldn't play them. Then you had um, Spectral Transmission who said they couldn't cut a 30-second commercial based on... The content, and I'm like... The, the issue was, we asked for 15, 30, or if you really wanted a minute, and they handed me like a minute and 23 seconds. I was like, I can't do anything with this, because everything else, you have to get to an even two minutes. Yeah. And everything else is either a 15, 30, or a minute. Yeah. So sometimes 23, like, I could throw in a station ID that was seven seconds. Yeah. But it would be awkward, mm-hmm. awkwardly in there. And you don't want to watch, watching a... 30 second promo that's your normal commercial so that feels normal a minute promo seems to be dragging when you're a TV viewer yeah so it has to be very involved if you're watching a minute and 23 seconds of a commercial that feels like a long time for a commercial yep and really there wasn't much and the guys did a good job with the production value but there was no need for it to be that long yeah so but then again, that's also, like, that sums up my feelings on the film program in general because, like, there's good intentions there, but I feel like it's style over content, pretty much, like, their teachings. That's why so many, like, the film festivals they ran, it was always, like, the artier projects always won. Yeah, in context, you could have an amazing-looking movie 
and not have it sell anything because the story is complete crap. Yeah. So. And that's like, like, like I've said before, like one of the fathers of the judges, because of a student and teacher run, turns to me like at the end of it, he's like, is that yours? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, I liked yours the most because I knew what the hell was going on. So, and I got the biggest, I got the biggest reaction out of the people. So, no, I'm not still jealous about it. No, I'm not still begrudging about it. Um, no, but it's, it's one where people will actually like understand and take away something rather than, oh, that looked nice. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that always bothered me. That some things were not specifically those guys, but just overall, is that there was more emphasis on the art factor than the actual storytelling. Mm-hmm. And storytelling is a huge art form in itself. Yeah. That seemed to be thrown to the wayside. I mean, that's why I love those commercials the most, that I can tell a story in 30 seconds. I mean, like, sure, you can have a car commercial and look nice and everything like that, but if there's nothing to it, it's just pretty pictures or anything like that. Kind of going off that, like saying that you enjoyed telling the story within 30 seconds, that's also why I kind of refused to air those things, because they had to learn... That you're going to have time constraints and deadlines. Mm-hmm. And not everybody in the real world is going to be like, oh, you made it too long? Okay, we'll play it anyway. Yeah, no. No, it, it's you have to conform to the needs of the station. We can't conform to each individual director of what they want. Mm-hmm. Everything to look like. Every, obviously, everyone wants to tell the story fully or the best of the ability. Of course. <clears throat> But the reality of it is just that there's not enough time to do that for everybody, so you have to show highlights and snippets and tell your story as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. So, Fall 23, 2013 comes to an end. Biggest joy they have for that semester. Uh, like I said before, it was the production thing at T.O.P. really... Um, Really made everything easier. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure 100% what I would be doing last right. semester with them, but getting in there, so being able to cover the hockey teams. And um, I met more of the players that year, too. Right. Got to uh, really felt like I was actually covering a team for once, not just talking about a team, because when you cover them, you're actually interacting with the players. Right. You're getting to know them on not full individual basis, but. You're getting to know them as people, too. Yeah. So you better talk about it, tell the story about what's going on. So I finally had that insight, and it was nice to have. And disappointment for that semester? Like, is there things you didn't, didn't get a chance to do? Um, that semester was actually a really good semester. Mm-hmm. The entire year was a really good year. Um, Obviously, there were probably, like, tests I could have done better on academic-wise. Right. That. But overall, um, there wasn't any disappointment that really stands out. Nice, nice. So, spring 2014, Mm -hmm. your final semester. Yeah, we're already there. And you had came back early because you were covering hockey broadcast that semester. What was that like? Um, I had also done the previous year, but there just weren't as many hockey broadcasts, if people really didn't notice. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, yeah, my final year uh, with TV and radio, because I helped out at the radio station for one of the games when they needed people. That was a hoot. <laughs> Sounds um, like it. I, um, yeah, we come back early. It was fun. The college is quiet. Um, the place is very relaxing. You get to make it kind of the experience that 
uh, the experience you want uh, during it because there's no classes so you can really sit back, relax, get to know the people who are here, um, spend time with people who you usually wouldn't be able to spend time with when the semester is more active. Mm. So it was a very nice, just, um, it was a nice time getting to work on broadcasts with not as many crew members, so it was more of like a real, um, okay, everybody needs to step up feel to it. Gotcha. And it was overall, like I keep saying, it was just a nice approach we all took. A very relaxing time. Um, last semester, there's one hockey game that stands out to me. Uh-huh. The first T.O.P. road television broadcast. Yes. Now, I know NYO had been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. but their setup's a lot easier. Yes. So... So I know they were just like, so why we? Why do you get a, get such a big deal? We've been doing it for such a long time. Why do you think? Tell us why we should have been happy going into this. Why we should be happy? Yeah. Why? Why? why when we did that broadcast, WTOP. Right, so for a radio broadcast to work on the collegiate level, all you really have to do is punch in. Or plug the box into the phone line and make a phone call. Right. And you're pretty much just on a phone call the entire time. But it sounds better than a phone call because of the audio box. Right. I, I hope they upgrade soon because they need a new one because it's starting to sound like a phone call again. Gotcha. But um, hopefully they'll have the budget money for it. But mm-hmm. TV, you have to send out like pretty much satellite um, stuff you had to send out just waves getting video files or not video files live video from two hours away back to our signal here mm-hmm. and then from our signal out to the TVs and it's a lot that goes into it um, like I was saying it's never been done before it takes days of preparation uh, people had to go out the day before and work and make sure that we were actually going to get a signal Mm -hmm. and it was very tense waiting for that signal to come through right you kind of feel like NASA waiting to hear back when they go on the other side yeah (laughs) and um once the signal was made and received um we knew we could do it 100% there's also a lot more um Discussion because the radio broadcast does not take up much room either. But TV, when when we had to bring in the people who were controlling the visuals, the people who were controlling or who were on air, people who were running the camera, all into one spot, it was it's a lot more room. Yeah, CEO had to approve it. Uh, everything had to be running smoothly. So to um, and. It just, it's so much more work, so much more stress. Mm -hmm. As you know that the radio one is going to work, but the TV one could have cut out at any moment. Mm -hmm. And it is, I think they, um, the radio side was thinking more of like, oh, people do TV every day, but they're not taking into account that the real broadcast, like the professional broadcasts have huge trucks with satellites on them. We were working off a mobile cart and uh, just like one box of technology yeah 
Printing and it was very minimal, but it worked in the end. And we had thousands upon thousands of people watching. Mm. It was great. And so, the day comes. I realized like I, communication broke down a little bit when we were leaving, so I had to rush to get yeah, ready. That, was, that happened to me too. Where me, I was assistant sports director at that point, mm-hmm. and I wasn't informed what time we were leaving. The sports director wasn't informed what time we were leaving either. It was a real breakdown. Um, cause I got down thing we were going to eat and then head out. Yeah. Same and here. And I got a call. Luckily you came down at the right time. I saw you right there. Um, I went down to one of the rooms like, oh yeah, they're already in the cars getting ready to leave. And I was like, oh, were they going to leave without me? Like, well, you didn't wake up. And I was like, uh, we were told that it was going to be like a noon leave and it's eight in the morning. Yeah. So we, uh, luckily... Got there in time. Got you. Mm-hmm. We got ready, dressed, showered very quickly. Actually, lucky I showered before I went to the room, so I was already ready. Right. Uh, I just had to dress up, like professionally instead of going. Well, not professionally because I wasn't on air. I wasn't even working it. I was just going as a fan. But um, I had to dress to make sure I was leaving the campus, not going to lunch at the time. So yeah. It was a little different. You had to get really ready. Because I was still in pajamas like I am right now. Yeah, yeah. But they were good. They turned back. They got us. Yeah. And And then, of course, we sat in a Wegmans for three hours. Yeah. (laughs) Because we get there, and we're waiting for the approval of... Oh, because their SI sports information director didn't get there yet because he had, like, a field hockey... Or it's not field hockey, but some sport... uh, I think he had lacrosse. And not the Quidditch game that we saw on the way in. Yeah, we saw the Quidditch game on the way in. (laughs) We could have joined them. Um, Uh, It was you you and I, Larry Bergen, Matt Bishop, and Joe Noel. That was correct. And the five of us shoved into... Matt's car. Matt's car, singing the whole way. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. That was a very good car. With Joe Wilcox and Eric Pup Ortiz in the O.J. Simpson white (laughs) (laughs) white (laughs) truck. Like, follow that Bronco. <laughs> it looks so sketchy. It was hilarious, though. So we roll up on the Geneseo campus with our white Bronco. <laughs> you, 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 you figure that the cops should be right behind us and is following. Sir, him. sir, what are you doing? <laughs> Even though it's like a Ford, it was like a Ford, like, I think it was like a... a Taurus or something? No, 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 no. It was, a, I think it was an Explorer or something like that, oh, like okay. a two-door. But... And so, like, I remember, like, the funniest joke I think Joe Noel made was when we were waiting for Genesee's representatives to say, like, oh, to get there and, like, hook us up. And, like, the campus is as big as my high school right now, and this is just ridiculous. And we're, because we're all just sitting there, equipment out, in in the snow, snow, waiting for the okay, and pups wandering the campus. What what a good first road broadcast story, though. Yeah, I know, I mean... In the snow, we were out of it. And... We finally get the approval. We go in, set up, but then, like, I was not officially a part of the broadcast itself. I was there to document it. Yeah, that's right. Which Larry turned into a nice package about our first road broadcast. Um, we end up winning that game. But we, we seconds left. We blew a five-goal lead. Yeah, I mean, and the sound was deafening. That was the most exciting hockey game I've ever been to. Yeah. I've been to plenty of NHL games, and that was the most exciting. And I think two of the funniest experiences afterwards was the breakdown 
and the drive back. Well, <laughs> the breakdown was fine. It was the drive back where we got stuck behind that really slow person, and Bishop does his uh, impression of, I think it was Whitey from Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> and I am in tears from laughing so hard. There's a really point. good one with that and the uh, the gingerbread cookie. Yeah, he's <laughs> really good with that. And so we get back and we go to the shed after we've gotten all the equipment back into top. Yep, because we've given we're just tired at that point. Yeah, and, and we've gotten approval from Luberelli, our biggest um, benefactor, not benefactor. Um, Supporter, I should say. And there was a really funny experience when we got there to the shed. What happened? Which part? Well, there was that one girl who rolled her ankle as we were singing. Oh, yeah. Poor Morgan rolled her ankle on the floor and had to leave and go to the hospital. Yeah. Because it was funny because, like, we had broke, because we had put some money in the jukebox and we're all singing and we're singing Shout. Yeah. And, and since the down. speakers were so loud, we didn't hear her go down. I saw her in the corner of my eye. And then it was like, then everybody like realizes, oh, she needs help. And then like the song is still going on and it just came really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> it was really, yeah, it was weird after a bit. And I think like two songs had to go by before we could get back into the groove of she, it. She like shattered her ankle too. Like, she didn't like just hurt it. She shattered it. I mean, she's tall. She's like my height and stuff yeah. like that. So she went down hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... You told me you had, with your final semester, you had one class that, like, you and I think Kiana, that was like, could make or break your graduation due to oh that. What was that like? Communications <laughs> course, and the woman who's teaching it luckily was asked to leave very quickly. What was, I think, I think I may have almost taken a class with her. I can't remember her name. I don't want to remember her name. <laughs> I told Kiana she reminds me of uh, Taylor Swift in the Blank Space video as she starts to go crazy. <laughs> It was nuts. Like, she was nice at first, but, like, she would grade people, like, she would grade people as if it was, like, do or die. Jesus. She would, like, I understand tough grading. Like, that's fine. Yeah. But she was, like, unnecessarily, like, oh, this is crap, there's, like, this and that, doesn't make sense. But she would never explain what it was. Like, you get your paperback, be, like, one out of 15, and there'd be, like, one mark for, like, poor spelling. It was just bad paper. Like, well, you have to teach me how to, like, do this. I've never done... It was, like, research and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd have to teach us how to actually do this, but... Nope. Did all the readings. Still never understood what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. So, graduation day has come. Mm-hmm. I passed what you, the class. <laughs> you've passed the class. What are you feeling? Sadness. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it was more sad um, about just the way... Like, I had a job prepared at the time, so I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was upset to see that people were going, that it was ending, um, that it was a great four years. I knew how lucky I was. I understood that. Um, but yeah, when it, when it actually ended... Because I had just fall in love with the campus, my friends or anything. Like, the entire, like, central New York region had mm. become home. And to know I had to go back to Long Island was difficult because I didn't want to be there anymore. Right. 
Nothing against my family, it's just I didn't want to be in the area anymore. Fine, I see how it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was happy that and you guys made it much easier that you were all there. Right. But it was just, it didn't feel like my home anymore. It just felt like some place that I was trapped in. So I didn't want to go back there. But I was forced, or I had to because of work. So, and that I didn't have a place to live up here. Mm. So that made it very difficult. But I, um... So, yeah, graduation day wasn't the easiest of days just because of that. Like, I had a smile on the entire day because everybody... I was seeing everybody. It was a fun day. We all made the best of it. But everybody in the back of their minds had that. Yeah, of course. That sadness with them. And it's... It's weird. Because I was not done with school yet because I had online classes to do. And I was like making sure my senior checklist was in and stuff like that because I'm the worst, biggest procrastinator in the world and stuff like that. So I was like hoping to God my name would be in the program. Oh, jeez. And stuff like that. And luckily, when I got my, like, um, the gown and stuff like that, I'm like, okay. Um, still not convinced yet. I wasn't convinced until I got the program in my hand, and I'm just like, okay, so if I'm going to go up there, they're not going <sighs> to... <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, and yeah, my, you can just walk up there with a card and announce it. Yeah. And so then, but, like, luckily enough, like, to my right, that's where my parents were sitting and stuff like that, and it was Bergen and I. <laughs> and now... You, because I walked over with a bunch of other people from Caillou, because I had moved to Caillou at that point. I was, Alan was the, A, being the tallest person, B, with the golden, because he was summa cum laude. Uh, he was something like that, yeah. And. He was definitely honors. And it was funny, because I, I don't think you were in that group. I think you came later. It was you and somebody No, else. I was in that group. Were you? Okay, yeah. then who was there was two people that came in later. I think Larry. Well, Larry like decided to pack right before graduation, stuff like that. Larry has some poor planning skills. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's, be, Let's be honest here. Um, Larry picked the worst time to pack. And I forget, what was it? Uh, was it Jalen? Oh, and he, he lost the the little card that came with the gown that you're supposed to give. Oh, Larry? Yeah, so they, they announced it. So he wrote like on the back of a piece of paper... The hand is in to announce that his name. So you've you've said goodbye to everybody. You've packed up. Mm-hmm. You're about to sign out. Yeah, well, actually, I stayed till the next day. I went to the uh, the shed that night with a bunch of people. Right. But <laughs> uh, the next day, uh, I sat behind the desk with some people. Desk Kiyuga for a little bit. We talked, reminisced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw my parents and my family earlier that day. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister was bitching about something, and I was like, I really don't care right now about your problems. <laughs> um, I was nice. Did, um, did your parents say, like, shut up, like, this is a big day for your brother? Yep, yep, yep. There's <laughs> one um, But it, yeah, it was sad. Um, driving home, um, my grandparents were visiting home, my house, so it was nice to see them when I got home. Right. But um, it was it was one it was a drive that I didn't want to make, and those drives suck because they're six and a half hours long around. Yeah, and especially when you don't want to make the drive. No, because of stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it gonna was, be a little tough going home now. Yeah, um, well, you always come back. Oh. It, it makes sure. it really tough when you never want to make those drives, and you know at the end of the day you're like, oh wait, I had to make this drive and. I have to 
then be home for ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that's not the end of your story. That's just the end of one song. <laughs> if I were to quote Doctor Who, an album. I yeah. went back to the recording studio later. Yeah. How did that come about? But I. Uh, so I started work, and my before my first day, I received a message from one of the guys who actually used to go here. And I worked with him at the radio station, and then I was working with a new radio station. Mm-hmm. Well, new to me. And he told me... I had interned there, also. He told me that they were getting bought out. And I said, okay, I knew that they were for sale for years. I didn't know the effect of the buyout yet. So... The reason I um, agreed to go to that radio station was because I was going to start off promotions and work my way up. Mm-hmm. Well, once the buyout happened, it was I was going to work promotions and pretty much stay there. There was no real room to move up at the time. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stung because I didn't look for any other jobs. Right. And I knew I was like, oh, I should have looked for a job in central New York. So I said, okay, whatever. Then I um, I was on Twitter one day and I found that a hockey reporter who I had been watching forever, um, my entire life, um, <laughs> sorry, just, I'm still talking about that jet game, that awkward moment where the Jets get a, a two-yard gain and the scoreboard operator actually puts a point on the board instead of an extra yard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we scored a free point. But um, we had, so he said he wanted somebody in intern for the season to cover the Islanders, who had always been my favorite team. So I uh, emailed him, wasn't expecting to hear anything back for a few weeks. Two days later, get an email with his personal cell number, call him, arrange a meeting with him in his office, which turned out to be his apartment, mm-hmm. with a bunch of people in the city, uh, got the position, did that for the full year. realize that it's great and everything but those positions don't pay the most right and if they and to even get those positions you need and most positions I've realized like what I want to do um, you need some sort of advanced degree besides bachelor's or it's bachelor's plus like five years experience for stuff that's listed as entry level Um, so that's annoying Um, so I knew I had to go back um, to get some sort of degree. But my grades weren't the best, so I uh, looked online. I found out so you got an advanced certificate program. So I talked to a few of the professors, got involved, uh, talked to them on the phone, through email about joining, came up here a few times, uh, knew I wanted to do it. And then I was like, okay, I'll get my grades up and transfer into a master's program. Um, so I talked to Res Life again, got a position in Hart Hall, the international building, which helps to pay for a lot of it. Um, helps me out a lot with that. So I, um, I took that, I got into the program and now I'm in the program. (laughs) For people who may be listening to this and haven't gone to Oswego yet, which is odd if they've listened to all of this, would you recommend the school? Oh, yeah. Um, definitely. There's so many different majors you can have, and it's 
it's a medium-sized campus. It's not like Syracuse, but it's not small like a Five Towns or a Geneseo. Or, well, Geneseo is sort of medium-sized. Yeah. But um, it was... It's just a nice campus. The facilities are great. The uh, All the stuff is, like, when you're working with it, most of it's state-of-the-art. They're good with that. Um... The facilities are nice. The campus is gorgeous. Uh, it's a wide open campus too, so you don't feel like anything's on top of you when you're walking around. Yeah. So I, I would do the all four years again in a heartbeat just because of how nice it was. Um, it's very easy to meet people. It provides a very safe location. You can focus on studying. You can hang out with people. Uh, some people joke around that there's not much to do in the town, but if you really look for stuff, there's always things to do. It. Yeah, there's always stuff to do either on the campus in town or in Syracuse. So there's an ability to grow as a person, find yourself, and really just, um, really just enjoy your time here. So mm-hmm. I, that's why I recommend it is because while the classes are great and they speak for themselves, the actual student life here. Is very nice. Now, like a lot of like the students that you went here with the original four years now gone. Some of them anyway. Yeah, most of them. How is that like? How does that make you feel when it comes to socializing here? Um, that was my dad's first question when I told him I was coming back. Um, how would I deal with that? Well, the other thing was is that I made friends. <clears throat> new friends, made new friends. Um, friends would graduate or transfer out almost every semester. So it didn't really, it wasn't a new concept that I'd have to meet all new people. Right. And I knew that I would have a brand new staff I'd be working with, a whole new building, all new residents, people in the program. And then there were some people who I worked with and were friends with in the past who would still be here. Right. So at least I had them as a base. But then, um... I pretty much looked at it the way I looked at every single year of, okay, I'm going to be able to meet brand new people who I don't know yet. And that's how it worked out. During training, I became friends with all the other GRMs, graduate resident mentors in the building. Um, when residents moved in, became really good friends with a bunch of them. Still have my friends from the TV station. Uh, tonight's our first night of broadcasting, so we're finally getting into the swing of things with that. Right which will make the semester go much easier. Um, and it'll just be a nice time uh, when, for that. But that's the way I look at the dealing with uh, most of the people who were gone is that every semester I had to meet new people anyway. Right. Now, if the people listening may want to follow you, Chris, <laughs> where can they go? Um, sometime I'm on trains if you want to follow me. Drive on <laughs> um, I... You can follow me on Twitter at yes. CLuin12. Mm-hmm. Instagram at the same thing, CLuin12. And uh, that's my immediate. following, immediate social media for the public. Okay. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Timothy Rooney 2 on Twitter. And you can follow my YouTube page, Through the Lens Productions. That is through, not like you threw something. But you went through the tunnel or something like that. Learn your English, people. Uh, the latest film, Spirit of the Lake. You can type 
through the Lens Productions, Spirit of the Lake. That's how you'll be able to find my page in the quickest ways possible. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. I know there's been odd sounds going on off, whether it be the refrigerator or something like that. Sometimes oh, these aren't. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's not your fault. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. Or like the table shaking or like I'm moving the headphones or the against the recorder. That's my fault right there. So I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of Wizards of Oz. I will be talking to more of my friends and their Oswego experiences and what it's meant to them in their lives thus far. And I will be talking to you very soon.